we've been in a series here at Faith Community, and I want to go over just a couple of the things that have been talked about over the last several weeks. We're in week four today, concluding that. Just a little blast from the past. Can we spend a few seconds to do that? In week one, we talked about the concept, teach us to pray. Disciples struggle with the same thing. Who in here needs a little bit more teaching, a little bit more help when it comes to prayer? I'm comfortable with that. I understand that. Week two, we talked about a lifestyle of prayer, it not just being like a one-hit wonder on a CD or a recording, but a lifestyle that we live that is a lifestyle of prayer. And then last week, we learned to pray first. Did anybody practice that this week? Just praying first. And so many times we can kind of go through our day and all of a sudden we forgot that we didn't open the day to pray and to pray first and to make that a theme in our life. I was almost thinking as you've went through all this and all this content has been taught and preached in such an incredible way, it's, this could be the shortest message ever. We might be able to pack up and go home. Is there anything else to say regarding prayer? Uh, the reality is, as Pastor Josh invited me, so I probably should say something before I go home. I want us to think of things in our life that we should have down by now. You have any of those things? I look at my own life, and, and I think at 43, 43 years old, I should just be able to hop out of bed in the morning, no problem. Feel good, not need the coffee, not need all the things that we say that we need, just hop out of bed and be on my day. But or if, or if you're like me, there are times that I'm hitting that snooze button just one more time, just five more minutes. Who's ever said that? And it takes a while to warm up to the idea of being up and, and being moving. And although I should have it down, I'm still working on it. I want you to think of our lives in regards to prayer. The amount of time that you lived in Christ, that you've been following Christ. Do you believe at this point in your life, you should just be able to hop up and pray? I mean, there shouldn't be anything holding you back. A year in the faith, 10 years in the faith, possibly many decades in the faith, but sometimes there's a kickback, there's a holdback to the carpe diem, seize the moment, seize the prayer, seize the day because we just don't quite have it down. I think that prayer is much the same for some of us in our own lives. There are just things that we're trying to master but we haven't quite arrived. Am I speaking to anyone this morning that when you look at your life in prayer, you would say today, even coming into the end of the series, I don't feel that I have everything down yet. How many of you believe that the Lord might want to help us today? And I believe that he's going to do that. It would seem that we would be able to just enter our prayer closets, right? And go in and pray. Anybody ever heard of the prayer closet? I'm preaching to some people today. We should be able to just enter it and pray and pray and pray and intercede and faithfully pray and, I mean, come out every once in a while for a glass of milk, come back into that prayer closet and pray and pray and pray. But sometimes our disciplines don't meet up or match what we say with our mouth or even what we sometimes believe in our hearts. And I'm believing that today we're going to move to a new level in God. One man said this. I, I like this statement because I'm comfortable with it. God wins his greatest victories in the midst of apparent defeat. You ever had your back to the wall? You're like, God, if you don't show up, I'm toast. If you don't show up, this is over. But in the middle of your defeat, 
the awe of God, the grace of God, the power of God came and he showed up in a powerful way. You might be sitting here as we're ending this series and you may feel defeated in your prayer life still. still. You may feel disconnected in your prayer life or de- defeated in your prayer life. Who believes God can help us today? If we'll just reach out to him and trust him, I believe that God could be in some of our lives be bringing us to one of the greatest places of victory in our life by accomplishing his greatest feat ever in our life, the victory of teaching us to pray. This series that we've been in, Teach Us to Pray, I want a subtitle today, and I simply want to call it Prayer That Never Stops. If we go to the address of John 11.35 in the Bible, we will find the shortest verse of the Bible. We know that God inspired man to write the word of God. It was divinely inspired. Man penned the words that came from God. But man is the one that put chapters and verses to it. Who's thankful for that? Helps us find things a whole lot more quickly and efficiently. At John 11.35, if we go to that address in the Bible, we will find the shortest verse in the Bible and is simply this. Jesus wept. I'm not going to talk about the story. I'm not going to teach that concept today. But I want us to look at another verse that weighs in with just one more word. It's, it's a three-verse or three-word verse. You know, it's not always the longest verses in the Bible that are, not, that are the most challenging. Sometimes we look at the Bible and we look at things that we kind of have down. Some of us might have the heart that we get over to Revelation. We stay out of it. It's deep. It's difficult. Yet, do you know that the Bible says, blessed is the man who reads it? Blessed is the man who knows this book. So if that's our struggle, we can say, God help us, and he will. I find that sometimes it's the shortest verses in the Bible that are really a challenge to us, particularly, or even if we have been in the faith for a month or for many decades, And one of these verses I want to share with you today, it's found in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It's a real simple verse. It simply says this, pray without ceasing. Can you say that with me today? Pray without ceasing. This verse stretches me. You might be like, Brian, it's three words. This verse challenges me. These three words, pray without ceasing. When I look at, there are times that I'm like, God, I don't know if I really am that. Things in my mind come up, statements like this. There's no way that I could be a man of prayer, a a man of prayer without ceasing. Another thought comes to my mind very quickly. Surely this is reserved for the intercessor in the church, right? Surely this is the one and reserved for the one that's been kissed by God and they have the gift of prayer. Have you ever met those people? They could just pray for hours, come out of the prayer closet, go back in and pray again like it has no effect on their life. They've just been gifted in prayer. Sometimes I think when I look at a verse like 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, I think, God, why start to really become that? Because I already know that I'll fail. Prayer that never ceases, I think, is a scripture and a verse that if we're realistic with it and we look at it, it brings up in our mind the word impossible at times. How could I ever live that out? How could I ever do what God has called me to do with such a short verse? Do you believe that God can take the impossible and make it possible in your life? 
Do you believe that if you're a man struggling in this building today and you've never had a real lifestyle of prayer, particularly prayer without ceasing, prayer that never stops, do you believe that God could move men in this house to another level today? Do you believe for those moms that might struggle with just organizing life and getting things together and it seems like it'll never work out and I'll never have time to pray, do you believe that God would show us some creative ideas, divinely inspired, to move us as a church to another level of prayer? Can God move us from impossible to possible? I believe that he can do that. I believe that we know that, but it is only through God. Can somebody shout out with God's help? It gives me a Roar Ranger flashback. We have any Roar Rangers in the house? With God's help, I will do my best to serve God, my church, and my fellow man, to live by the Ranger code, to make the golden rule my daily rule. At ease, Ranger. Does anybody remember that? It's with God's help. If I'm going to have the life of prayer that God requires and that God has called me to and that God is calling us to in this series, who knows it's going to become or it's going to come through God's help. Do you believe that God wants this to be an amazing house of prayer? Why is he taking us to new levels in him? Why is he taking us to new places in him? Why is he allowing you to prepare the house for an influx of kids? You know why that happens? Because we pray and we believe and we seek the heart of God and he begins to bring the revenue and provision for the vision and God begins to do that. This should be a strong house of prayer. But understand this, in just a few moments, we will leave a large gathering room and we will go to homes and houses and places in our lives that need to be houses of prayer as well. That when we really get this down, it revolutionizes our life in such an awesome, and I believe, such a holy way. We need a model today, and I believe that the word has given us such a rich model, and I wanna lay out just three things today if you're taking notes. I wanna give you three things that would allow us to enter this prayer without ceasing Prayer that never stops life. Shout this out with me this morning. Pray now. I know last week we talked about praying first. That's so important. But does anyone ever forget to pray first sometimes? It's already lunchtime. You're like, I didn't pray. I have not prayed today. Like there's some quota. Like like God says he loves me more if I remember to pray this morning. Doesn't, Doesn't say that. We do need to pray first. But I wanna say also that we need to pray now. And I wanna ask this question, what stops you from praying now? Now don't judge me too quickly. Give me just a few more minutes this morning and then I'll release you to do that. But think of this in your life as I've thought of some scenarios in my life. Have you ever said this or it been said over you? You just give the context of something that you're going through in your life and somebody says, I'm gonna be standing with you in prayer. I've had that before. Have you ever been with somebody and they begin to talk about maybe a loss that they've been going through or they've experienced some roughness to life and all of a sudden you hear these words, I will remember you in my prayers. You're meeting with somebody or somebody's meeting with you and you begin to share about a life event. Maybe it's a marriage situation. You just need God to show up and demonstrate his power. And somebody says, thank you for sharing that. I'm gonna add you to my prayer list. Has anybody ever heard these things before? I'm not saying that in and of themselves that these statements are wrong. Please understand my heart today. I do believe that this will be spoken over you and these phrases will be spoken over me. I get that. 
But how many of you know when you're walking through the fire and when you're walking through the battle and when you're walking through the heat, you don't care right now if somebody's standing or sitting. You just need them to right now reach out to you and begin to pray. A church that prays now. Prayer without ceasing. If there's a headache, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray now. If there's a heartache, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray now. We live in such discouraged communities in, in, in many places today. And you know what? When discouragement rears up its head, guess what we can do as a local church? We can pray right now prayers. When somebody's lost, does somebody believe today salvation is still the key? When somebody is lost right there on my street, right there at the gas station, right there at the grocery store, I can pray a pray now prayer that God will infuse and God will use. Let's be a church that prays without stopping and a church that prays now. Matthew 6, 34. Let's look at another verse today. Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Some of you are already worried about tomorrow. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to identify yourself. You don't have to look at the floor right now. It's okay. You're worried about tomorrow, but look at what the Bible says. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Do you know tomorrow there's already things and troubles that are built in? There are going to be some troubles. You might not have one tomorrow, but somebody will. Look at what scripture says. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You may be walking through your own trouble right now. You may be a guest here and maybe it's your first time here and you walked in because you were experiencing trouble. I'm here to tell you, God wants to help you right now. God wants to reach out to you right now. God wants to revolutionize and touch your life right now. Does anybody agree with that? That the Lord will come in and touch us as we reach out to him right now. I wanna teach a simple rhythm. I wanna teach just a simple rhythm. Is there anybody that just needs truth taught in a simple way? Then, then I believe Josh, with his invitation for me and, and inviting me here, I believe that I can do that. And I believe that's the only way that I know how to do it. I'm not a deep theologian. I believe that I'm a simple teacher today. And I want to give you something. Do we have any licensed drivers in here? Good. It's going to work really well then. Do we have any permit drivers? And, and all the parents need a lot of prayer today, right? This, God help us there. But I want us to look at when my life needs a little help. I want us to look at when I have not prayed right now prayers. I want us to look at times that I'm shelving a prayer into tomorrow that should be happening right now. Why does that happen? The first thing that we need to do is we need to stop. Somebody shout stop. stop. Okay. Have you ever seen one of these? You ever driven through one of these? That'll get you in trouble real quick. The first thing that we need to do in our prayer lives is we're praying right now prayers, pray now. We need to stop and evaluate, why am I not praying right now? Why am I waiting until tomorrow or the next day or I'll pray for you on Friday? Why not just slow down, listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and take a moment just to pray a right now prayer. I've got to stop and evaluate. And then the next thing that I have to do is I have to start without stopping. So once I get that green light and God shows me through evaluation why I've been doing that, I have to start without ever stopping again. Ever stopping what, Brian? 
ever stop moving into tomorrow a prayer that should have happened in the category of today? Pray now. Pray without ceasing. We're going to pray now. The second thing that we're going to do is we're going to pray with focus. I'm going to ask for some feedback today. If you've ever been out of focus or had too many things on your plate where your focus is all over the map, please raise a hand today if you can. So you're in good company. Our focus could be off because of so many reasons. How many of you in this room today have a very busy calendar? Some of you might have slipped this into your day. And quite honestly, you might feel, you know what, I've got so much to do. I don't even know if I have a time for this hour and 15, hour and 20 together because of our focus. Do you ever find work getting in the way of your focus? We, we have five kids. I have two of them here today. I thought there was going to be a third, but my oldest or my second daughter, she called and said, dad, I really wanted to hear the special speaker that we have at church preach today. So I'm like, go ahead, have fun. Our focus gets off. I know in our life with a family of five, five kids, by the time we get one dropped off for soccer, another one needs to be at basketball practice. And once basketball practice gets started, the other one needs to be picked up from soccer. The hope would just be that we could kind of get everybody home, get everybody fed, everybody brushes their teeth, gets in bed, and we have another day. Whoever loses their focus. There's so much of a demand on our time. Sometimes even functions, religious functions, church functions, I'm doing all of this, but I have not necessarily found myself walking in prayer. There are so many important things in our life that it's hard really to find that routine or that prayer focus. You know what though? Even though I can't sometimes find it, it doesn't hinder or it doesn't change the wording of 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without what, faith community? Pray without ceasing. It doesn't change it. So my question is, what if we would just build in some simple routines? Some of you might really struggle in your prayer life. Some of you might feel like you have an average prayer life. Some might be over the top, but there might be a moment in your life where you lose some focus and these things might be helpful for you. What would happen if you would pray every day on the way to work? It takes me about a half an hour to get work to work. What would happen if you would pray? Well, Brian, I can't. Why? Because I listen to the radio. I listen to my iTunes on the way to work. That won't work. Okay, let's see if we can find something else. What if you would pray when you're mowing the lawn, cutting the grass? How many of you have to cut your own grass? Okay, some of you pay that out, no problem. Not, not a problem there. <laughs> Brian, I can't, I can't do that because I pay to have my grass cut. So I guess I can't pray. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. What, what about grocery shopping? I was thinking of this one. I mean, we're again shopping for a family of seven. So it puts a dent in our time and it puts a dent in my bank account when we, when we grocery shop. But what would happen is we go to these aisles that have a plethora of food. Think about it. You don't just have clean water. You have many different versions of clean water to choose from. If you want it to taste like lemon, you can get it. What if you would shift that and instead of saying, I can't pray without ceasing, what if when you grocery shop, you would take that half hour or hour to begin to pray for countries and people in areas that don't have the food intake that you do, that don't have the water that you do, that's just easy to just run up, get a bottle and slam it down. 
What would happen if we would pray without ceasing and begin to walk into these areas? How many of you get your nails done? All right, nobody wants to admit that today. It's okay. What would happen is you're sitting there getting your nails done. What would happen if you would just begin to pray? What would happen when you're folding laundry and that thing that you said you never could do? Maybe it is possible. Maybe, maybe if you would hone in on that while you're folding laundry, maybe you could pray more than what you think. Hey guys, maybe when you're detailing your truck, some of the wives are like, that takes about a half a day. Maybe you could take an hour or a half an hour or 15 minutes and be a man of prayer, a man that prays without ceasing and saying, God, for the next two hours, I'm detailing the truck. Thanks for giving me the strength to do it. Now prompt me and show me what you would have me pray. What would happen if we would move in these categories? We get so preoccupied on the duration. How many minutes? How many hours have I spent? That I think oftentimes we lose the direction of what we're praying for in the first place. We need to come to a place of just being focused in our prayers. And I want us to look at a place in scripture where prayer was definitely out of focus. And it's in Matthew 26, verse 40. See if you would agree with me. Then he came to the disciples, he meaning Jesus. He came to the disciples and found them sleeping. How many of you would say they're out of focus right here? Because what are they supposed to be doing? (laughs) They're supposed to be praying. You ever nodded off? Yeah, me too. He found them sleeping and he said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? This is where I truly believe we get locked in to the whole idea that I can't pray long enough, so why pray? Jesus uses this statement, one hour, and we sometimes get locked into the fact, well, I can't pray an hour. Can you pray for five minutes? I mean, I'd love to pray an hour, Brian, but it's like 45 minutes into it, I start losing focus and this, that, and the other. Well, can you pray for 45 minutes? Could you not pray for one hour? The reality is they they lost their focus. When you dive in and dig a little bit deeper into the three words found in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, I should say three English words, pray without ceasing, and we really drill down to the word ceasing, and we look at it in its original content and context, it simply means this, the word ceasing, to pray uninterruptedly. Who's ever prayed before, and as soon as you engage in prayer or try, you have interruptions all over the place. But prayer without ceasing is truly to pray prayers that are uninterrupted. You say, Brian, I can't pray uninterrupted prayers. My phone keeps going off. Put the phone away. It's so incredible that we're very privy and we keep up better on other people's life oftentimes other than our own. We know what they eat. We know what they drink. We know what movie they just went to see. We know what they're out chasing around, trying to find all over the city. We know more about them than our own lives, but we found hours to find out about them, but we still can't be a prayer without ceasing church. How many of you know that's not the heart of the father? And it's not the reality of his word for our lives. We can be that people that lock in with God uninterruptedly with his help. Let's look at Romans chapter eight, verse five and six today. Romans chapter eight, five and six. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the what? I wanna stop right there at that comma. 
For me to look at God's word, prayer without ceasing, or all of the other content that has been taught in a remarkable way over the last few weeks, for me to say, God, I can never become what you're saying in your word is a very fleshly thought pattern. Who would agree with me this morning? But watch this. If I will shift out of that and say, you know what? I'm going to have to pray now. I'm going to have to find my focus. If I would shift out of that, let's see what can happen. For those who live according to the flesh sets their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, they set their minds on the things of the what? Of the spirit. So again, with God's help, and it's only through his help that we're going to be able to be these people that pray without ceasing and pray prayers that never stop to redirect the focus. It could be the greatest thing that the Lord ever does in your life. It could be the greatest thing that the Lord ever does in this church to take us to heightened levels of prayer. What do we need? We need a rhythm. When we lose our focus or when we're out of focus, we need to stop. Everybody just yell, stop. It's like that that red stoplight We stop. And then once we stop, we evaluate. Well, what are we evaluating? We're evaluating the fact, where are the areas in my life that I lack focus? Take time to write it down if that helps you. I lack focus here and I lack focus here. And every time I try to pray, I'm lacking focus over here. You're like, Brian, that's a long, like out of focus list. That's okay. Give it to the father and watch him help you. Watch him help you and come to your aid. Once I do that, I stop and I I evaluate where I'm at. Then I start without stopping. Start without stopping what, Brian? What am I not stopping? Here's what I'm not stopping. In my prayer life now, as I have started this, I am never going to lose focus again. How am I gonna do that, Brian, with God's help? God, as you have given me a prayer focus for the next few moments as you've laid something in my heart, I'm not gonna allow internal things or external things to distract me. I'm gonna stay locked in, uninterrupted. I've stopped, I've evaluated the situation. Now I'm gonna start without stopping to be a person that prays uninterruptedly. I'm gonna pray with focus. How many of you wanna pray with focus? I want to pray now and I want to pray with focus. And then the third and final thing that I want to share today is I want to pray with consistency. You ever heard of this statement before? Go big or go home, baby. You ever heard that before? You know, you, here's the deal. I'll use me. You're 43. You haven't really ran since high school. And all of a sudden you see this ridiculous infomercial on TV and you're going to go home, go big or go home, baby, right? So you get up and and you start running and that thing lasts about a week. And before you ever go big, you already walked home. (laughs) Who's ever been there? Go big or go home. There's some things, I mean, we all run into this at certain times in our life, maybe not, but there are some things that we start getting out of shape and we wanna change it. We wanna change the shape so we know that we gotta press on some weights and do some running and do some cardio and and all that stuff. How many of you just really enjoy that? Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? But all of a sudden we wake up, it's, it's go big or go home, man. So I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna work out six days a week. God knows that God rested on Sunday, on Sabbath, I should say, not Sunday, on Sabbath. And so I'm gonna rest, but I'm going six days a week and I'm getting this body, I'm gonna be chiseled, carved, stacked. 
go big or go home. All of a sudden you do good for about six days. You take your little Sabbath and you wake up that next day and you fall off the cart. You miss your workout. And before you ever went big, you're already laying in bed at home. Can I take it one step farther? You heard a prayer series, man, you're on fire. It's like, I gotta get this down. Go big or go home, baby. I'm doing this thing. The disciples fell asleep, not me. One hour is not enough. I'm going to. Every day, I'm gonna pray. On my birthday, I'm gonna pray. On your birthday, I'm gonna pray. Two hours a day. Christmas, I'm praying. Jesus came to the earth. Easter, I'm praying. There's, there's no break. I'm gonna pray. I'm going big. I'm going home. And you, you are good for 14 days. Banking two hours a day. You're feeling good. That's a lot of prayer. I think I'm praying more than most people in the church. I'm going big or I'm going home. And all of a sudden, you miss it. You fall out of rhythm. And instead of going big, you're walking home defeated in your prayer life. We say it and we state it over too many things. Go big or go home, right? Wrong. Not when it comes to this. As a matter of fact, if there's anything about this that is key and pivotal and big about prayer, it's consistency. Am I consistently walking out this prayer journey? Do I want to be a pray without ceasing, prayer that never stops person? Do I want to arrive at this consistency, this place? Ephesians six eighteen. Praying always with all prayer. Somebody say all prayer. Okay. And supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and all supplication for all the saints. You say, Brian, I really try to get into these patterns, but I run out of things to pray. I might've covered everything. Just remember two words when you've ran out of things to pray. Brian Kitchen, because he always needs it. There's always something to pray for. There's always something that God will get into our heart. This life of consistency is much more profitable for you and valuable to you as a follower of Jesus Christ than go big prayer life talk that never really gets you home. It never gets you to the place and space that God has for you. This is intriguing. This is intriguing to me. This story as I'm closing. A rock python, a rock python, full grown on average can reach lengths of about 20 feet long. Can somebody testify that's a big snake? Okay. I'm not gonna bring up a video today because all of the people with snake phobia might exit the room. But I want you to think of this. A rock python in its full-grown state, can inhale an antelope. Brian, what's an antelope? Think of a deer. Matter of fact, the acids built internally within it can actually break down bone. Okay, so where are you going with this? It can take that antelope and it can literally, because of detachable or moving or flexible jaws, open those jaws and pull itself over its victim like a sock fits on your leg. That's wild. It's almost unimaginable or unthinkable. But check this out. 
after this python has this great meal, it is very susceptible to prey. Not prey, but things coming after it and attacking it. Why? Because it's just had this big, grandiose meal and it can barely move. I'm wondering if our prayer lives become that sometimes. I'm say, Brian, what do you mean? You ever remember camp? Anybody ever go to kids camp or youth camp? I'll tell you what, man, we prayed. We'd go to the altar, we would pray. We'd have little breakout groups, we would pray. I prayed more at camp than I did most times in the year. It was just like, pray, 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 go after God. But somehow we sometimes just kind of fall off that rhythm when we get home. And here's the, here's the mentality sometimes, maybe not with you, but I'm good. And you know what? Camp's coming up again next summer. We, we go to our, our ladies' conferences and events, this great sisterhood. We've got people in Christ, other females like us, and we're stomping together and walking together, and we pray. We spent time at the altar. We believe we felt God's power. But who knows that we leave those things and we have to go home, and there's a kid pulling on you saying, Mom, what's for dinner? And we lose sometimes the focus. But you know what? We'll be good for a while, right? We have men's events, men's deals, men's conferences. We can call them many different things. I'm gonna tell you what, the barbecue off the charts. The time that we have together, you come together as men, you're like, I didn't know this. There's actually other men that have not said, hey, my wife does all this. There are other men in the faith running hard after God. And sometimes when we go to these events, we discover that, right? But sometimes we walk away from that. It's like, I've got pressure at work. I've got a yard to mow when I get home. I've got a to-do list that'll take me into next year. And sometimes we become, I believe, like that python snake that upon inhalation will not need another meal for upwards to a year. And I think sometimes we get a big blast of this thing called prayer. Like, God, I've banked a couple hours in this thing. And can I just ask a question? If there was a quota on how many hours or minutes would be enough, where is it written in here? I mean, I believe that we need to pray consistently and I believe that the minutes will add up into hours. But there's no spirituality on how many minutes or hours that you pray. Matter of fact, the only real quota that I found in the word is 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. God, how am I gonna become that with your help? I'm not putting pressure on you today and, and I just wanna, I want us to just have a moment here as a church Matter of fact, I believe that I want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to relieve any pressure that you have regarding prayer. I want us to think about this. Maybe, just maybe, we've been doing more of this prayer without ceasing thing than we thought. Maybe there's a man in this room saying, I'll never become it. Maybe there's a woman in this room saying, I can never achieve it. Maybe when you were prompted to pray for something, God just gave you an idea this week 
and you prayed for it. And it wasn't long hours. It was just a moment, maybe, just maybe you were praying without ceasing. Maybe when you took the time to stop, you didn't shelf it for tomorrow, but there was somebody that was truly hurting and you saw it in their face and you heard it in their voice and you took them by the hand. As we found in scripture, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I have, I give. I prayed now. Maybe, just maybe, you were praying without ceasing. Maybe that time in your life where you woke up in the middle of the night and you felt as if you had just had 10 cups of coffee. You ever have those moments? And all of a sudden an idea or an area or or a place is dropped into your spirit and you begin to pray. And as a matter of fact, in that point, you're a lot like the disciples because you pray till you fall asleep. But maybe, just maybe we're in this thing more than we thought we were. And at that moment, I was praying without ceasing. There was a scheduled time of prayer at church and you showed up and your focus was all over the map, but you tried your best to get the heartbeat of heaven. And you said, Lord, I wanna pray and I wanna press just for a moment. Maybe you were praying without ceasing. I know this, you came today. Maybe you've sat through the last three weeks in this series. Maybe you could only come to two or maybe you've only come to one today. No condemnation, no judgment on my part. But yet today something switched in your life and you thought this thing that I've made impossible, maybe it is possible with Christ that I can actually be confident in my prayer life as God through the weeks has taught us to pray. I want to pray for you in just a moment. But before I do, I want to give a very simple assignment. And you might be like, ah, and that's fine. No quota on it. What if you would find a private place at home, in your office, whatever it looks like, And you would walk in when nobody else is there and you would shut the door and you would look in a mirror and you would just listen to the voice of the Father. Maybe, just maybe, he's trying in your busyness to try to become in more this or more that. Maybe he's trying to communicate to you the simple words, thank you. Thank you for praying. Thank you for moving to another place. See that prayer that never stops. God, teach us to pray. The measure is not how many minutes or hours we put into it. The measure is more my heart attitude and how I'm coming into alignment with what God teaches me from his word. That he's bringing us into a greater season and a great understanding, not just so we roll into another series, Who believes that the hand of God has been on this series? And he wants to do something in us. And that is our choice today. That is our choice today. This is what I would like to do, if you don't mind, if we could just bow our heads all over this room. And can we stand together? If you can stand today, can we just stand together? And I I just want to pray a, a simple prayer over you. 
Father, I thank you for Faith Community Church. I thank you for the staff here. I thank you for the pastors. I thank you that as you released unto them this series, Teach Us to Pray. It's a real struggle point. We arrive at that and we need help. We need your help to be what we're destined to be in this, to be all that you've called us to be in this, Lord. We need you to show up. So we relinquish all the baggage. We relinquish all the stuff. We give to you all the things that we thought we couldn't be. And we arrive at 1 Thessalonians 5.17. And we say, Lord, I just want to pray without ceasing. As you prompt me, I'll pray. As you show me, I'll pray. As you teach me, I'll pray. We want to be a church that walks in rhythm with you, listening to your voice, obeying your voice, and being a house of prayer. And with your help, with your confidence and ability working in us, we're going to look in the mirror and we're going to discover that that's what we've become. And we thank you for that. And we ask you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, everyone said, amen. Amen.